Welcome to Orphans No More, a media extension of Justice for Orphans, a ministry dedicated to rally the church for the cause of the fatherless, inspiring, educating, and equipping believers to care for vulnerable children, and supporting those who have heard and heeded the call of James 127. Here's your host, Sandra Flack. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken." That is Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5. Welcome to Orphans No More, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children in crisis through adoption, foster care, and kinship care. I am your host, Sandra Flack. Last week, we kicked off our annual Advent series. So each Friday in December, we are releasing an episode to help us weary, adoptive, foster, and kinship parents survive the holiday season. And I'm releasing a corresponding blog post at sandraflack.com each week as well. So I invite you to check that out. Uh, last week, I shared about how to experience hope in the weeks leading up to Christmas. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode or read that blog post, I invite you to check that out this week. Uh, Advent, meaning arrival or coming, is a time to prepare for the arrival or coming of Christ. And my hope is that each week leading up to Christmas, I'll point you and your heart toward hope, faith, joy, peace, as you know, we prepare for the arrival of our king. I opened with Isaiah chapter 40 verses three through five because these verses give me hope. They are about wrong things made right. Now our kids have had a lot of wrong things happen to them before coming to us, such as prenatal exposure to alcohol or other substances, childhood trauma, and we get to walk with them and help them navigate life, but the holidays are hard and usually full of triggers for many of our kids. I've been a kinship and adoptive parent for 22 years now. My uh, adopted kids are ages 31, 24, 22, 18, and 16. And I have made a lot of mistakes over the years, especially in the early days when my husband and I were parents of three biological kids, when we welcomed into our home an 18-year-old relative, um, we had zero trauma training. We didn't even know the term trauma, childhood trauma, trauma training, any of that. Um, We didn't know any of that even existed or that we needed to, to have any kind of training. We didn't go through the foster care system, so we weren't offered any kind of classes or anything. Um, we didn't know anything about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. We didn't know that we needed to know anything about any of that. We were best intentioned, but ill-equipped. Uh, so we caused additional harm. That's one of the reasons why I am so passionate about 
talking about trauma and FASD training for adoptive foster and kinship families. It is vital. It is a vital part of the journey. So knowing our kids struggle throughout the holiday season, um, and with so many years into this journey, I decided to ask my adult adopted kids, you know, what, what we did wrong and maybe what we got right over the years, especially around the holiday season, I was surprised by some of their answers and I hope their answers will give you some hope and faith to know that God really does level the mountains and fill in the valleys as we faithfully and prayerfully parent our kids from hard places. So I'll just share um, a little bit of the answers from two of my kids. Um, Anna, uh, who came to us at age seven in international adoption, she is now 22 years old. And um, as she got older, she did struggle with depression, which wasn't something I really, um, I mean, I kind of sort of recognized it, but sometimes you know, and, and I confess this is what happened in our family, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? And we were spending so much time trying to parent and help and survive our youngest who, you know, full-blown FASD. Um, some of the other kids who kind of had a, you know, kind of sort of had some stuff. Um, if it's not like glaring in your face stuff, you don't tend to feel like you have to run around and put out fires or anything. So um, she sort of in some ways fell through the cracks, kind of like that compliant middle child kind of thing. And, um, you know, she was much older by the time I realized that she had been struggling with um, depression. And and really looking back now, I feel like she probably has some mild FAS and we just didn't recognize it or realize it because her behaviors were not out of control. Um, But she did struggle in some ways and now knowing all I do know about FASD, it's likely that that's, that's, you know, that's something that applies to her. Um, But we didn't even really look at her through that lens and, and, and get her some of the help that she maybe would have benefited from. But um, she did share with me that, you know, oftentimes this, those feelings of depression would worsen during the holidays. But she said that as she learned to talk about her feelings and and talk to people about how she felt, um, that that helped her through that season. So if you have a kid that struggles at all with depression or anxiety, um, anything like that, it's going to be worse during the holiday season. And you're going to have to pay extra attention and, and, and offer that support and that space um, you know, pray for them more and be available to them more and give them extra grace as they walk through that. Now, our daughter, Missy, who I talk about a lot, she's um, the first child who came into our home when she was eight. um, And the one that the poor kid that we were ill-equipped for, right? Um, That was 22 years ago. In her teen years and into her 20s, I, be, I figured out that she really struggled with the holidays beginning in November. Um, she was a relative, so I knew um, some of her history um, and enough of her story. I could fill in the blanks. Her, her mom um, got sick and was diagnosed with cancer in December. Um, and she actually fell off of a, a, a ladder um, or a small step stool 
while they were decorating the Christmas tree. Um, and just one thing led to another and she got this cancer diagnosis. And then by the next November, so like less than a year, just shy of a year, um, her mom passed away. She succumbed to that cancer. So almost like clockwork, every November, our daughter would go off the deep end and really didn't resurface from the deep waters until into January. At one point, as a young adult, she was sort of homeless, living in her car um, for a couple of weeks. One year, I actually had to go pick her up from a psychiatric hospital just a few days after Thanksgiving. Uh, I got a phone call, um, and and they wanted to talk with me, and she gave them permission to talk with me, and then um, I was the one that had to go pick her up when they released her. Um, as I look back now, I hate that we were not trauma or FASD informed because we made so many mistakes with this kid. And yet, her answer to the question about what we did wrong over the years was this. And I'm going to quote you her answer. She said, you always treated me like one of the bunch. I never felt like an outcast. Before I came to live with you, that's how I felt until you and dad saved me. Now, my husband and I don't look at ourselves as some kind of saviors, right? We, we don't have that mindset. We just faithfully obeyed God and, and opened our home to this little girl. And like I said, we were ill-equipped um, and uninformed, and we made so many mistakes along the way. But see, now as a 31-year-old woman, adult, married, expecting her first child, we're so excited about, she looks back on her life, and now she can say, now she sees you know, where she may have been had we not had opened our home to her. And um, she had lived with her mentally ill grandmother after her mom had passed away. Um, and then another family took her in before she came to live with us, a non-relative family. You can read my book to hear our whole story and all of the details and what that journey was like. But you know, after all of the challenges and mistakes and blow ups and meltdowns, hers and mine, now at 31, our daughter has a, a perspective that we never expected, one of gratitude and contentment. And, you know, she she gets it now. But through through especially through her teens and even through her 20s, we didn't have a great relationship. Um, I've told that story about how I spent so much time um, trying to correct her behavior and discipline her and consequence her into behaving right. And none of that ever, ever worked because we didn't know anything about trauma. We didn't know we needed to connect. We didn't know um, about FASD. We didn't know to to parent according to the brain. So, you know, we made we made a lot of mistakes, but she's extended great grace to us. Um, and and instead of harboring those things, she's she's grateful for her parents now. But it took 22 years to get to that place, you know, and that might not always happen. You know, sometimes um, you know, and maybe a lot of times our kids don't get it and, and come to us and, and are in good relationship with us and are, are, are grateful or content or even, you know, like us a whole lot, right? But sometimes when they are old enough to look back and mature enough to process their past, they get it. They do get it. 
And we get to have a relationship with them that never seemed possible when we were slogging through the messiness of parenting them. And uh, I, I have to say, you know, she's expecting, our daughter's expecting her first baby. Um, she and her husband moved um, to Wyoming. So we live in New York and they moved way out to Wyoming last year. And, you know, she called us right away after their first doctor's appointment. They texted me immediately uh, the ultrasound picture. Um, they're so excited. And, you know, the plan is for, uh, she's due in July, 2022, and I'll be flying to um Wyoming to be there for um, when she has her baby and and to, and to help and um, be present and, and be you know get to play grandma Mimi again and I'm so excited for that that I we get to do that we get to to just enjoy that relationship and and I get to be part of that story but it wasn't easy for most of that 22 years it was horrible and I share a lot of that in my book but I I share this to to um, give you hope that. Um, you know, hang in there with your kids and pray because, you know, God does level the mountains and fill in the valleys. Um, So I hope that that demonstrates how far I've come as a trauma and FASD informed parent, Um, you know, hang in there, hang in there, but you have to become trauma and FASD informed so that you can do it right, you know, do it better, do it right. Um, Now, here's the story. Here's another story that um, I'll tell you, which I feel like, you know, is is an example of something that I finally did right after all of these years of parenting um, adopted kids. Just last Christmas morning, um, as we were opening presents, um, just my husband and I, um, uh, one of our daughters and and our two teen sons, uh, my then 17-year-old son proudly handed me two wrapped gifts. Now, I was quite surprised since he rarely thinks of anyone else besides himself, never spends any money on anyone to get a gift for anybody, even when he does the sibling exchange for his with his siblings, I end up buying, helping him pick and often just going to get the gift myself, right? So I gratefully unwrapped his offering. I was like, whoa, this kid's turned a corner, right? The first gift was a lovely scented candle. One that looked very familiar to me. Um, I love scented candles. Um, he actually did take that a scented candle from my collection that I had purchased at the store for the holiday season. It was had I hadn't used it yet. It was in the cabinet. He wrapped it to give it to me. Um, and then the other um, lovely gift I opened a little bit more suspiciously because in my mind I'm thinking I think that first gift I opened was something that was mine. Um, and he was super excited for me to open these gifts. Um, but the second treasure that I unwrapped was a brand new roll of toilet paper from our bathroom closet. Well, my son laughed so hard. He was so pleased with himself over his gag gifts, right? He didn't give them to me seriously. He gave them to me to be funny. He is, he's a jokester, and to him, it was hysterical. Now, folks, it took everything within me to hold it together. My, you know, eyes burned with 
tears. I felt hurt, um, you know, and, and all of these thoughts threatened my heart, right? Uh, these thoughts that flashed through my mind about how hard I work to make Christmas special, how much we've done for him over the years and the gifts that I painstakingly selected and purchased and wrapped and put under the tree for him and, and for the whole family and just how I, the lengths I go to as a mom to make Christmas so wonderful for the whole family, including him, you know, all we do for our kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things were racing through my mind. Like I really wanted to pounce on him and give him a lecture and explain how, you know, that was unkind and that was selfish and, you know, run to my bedroom and slam the door and cry because I just felt taken advantage of and not appreciated and not loved and all of that stuff. But before I could react like that, which is a way I may have reacted and I probably did react. Um, And I remember one Mother's Day many, 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 many years ago when I felt like unseen as a mom. We didn't have all eight kids then. We had like, I think four of our kids, but I still felt unseen. And, you know, I, I, was it wasn't a good day for me and it turned out to not be a good day for my kids and they never forgot a mother's day after that but you know part of it was because of my reaction to, to expressing my hurt but you know before i could react to this son and his you know gag gifts the letters f a s d flashed through my mind so i made every effort to self-regulate me and I just set these gifts aside and continued on with passing out gifts to the rest of the family including him because what I now know is that lack of impulse control and abstract reasoning and the lack of understanding of cause and effect are all part of FASD. My teenage son saw the toilet paper and the candle as hysterical gag gifts. He didn't think about how I would feel about them. He just thought about how funny this would be. And I also know from raising his older siblings that most likely once we get through the teens and 20s, things can improve, you know, as we walk by faith, because it's these days are hard. This these teenage years, you know, he's a he's a teenage boy with FASD, so he thought he was hysterically funny. He wasn't thinking about my feelings. He has a hard time even relating to anybody else's feelings. He has a hard time really talking about or dealing with his own feelings. He was just being a teenage boy with FASD and he thought it was funny. So I tried to not take it personally. He didn't get a lecture. He didn't get disciplined or corrected. I just set the gifts aside and went on with my day because I could have ruined Christmas for everybody if I focused on myself and my own feelings because he wouldn't have gotten it. He wouldn't have gotten it. So, you know, the teen years when you have kids, especially kids with trauma and FASD, the teen years and through their 20s, extremely hard because especially our kids with FASD uh, often often have dismaturity. So they actually operate on a much younger level than what their 
biological age is. So though my son is, you know, at the time he was 17, really emotionally and mentally in so many ways, he's he was operating more like a 10-year-old. And a 10-year-old isn't going to think about other people's feelings necessarily either. So, you know, those years are hard, but from raising all of his older siblings, like I said, um, there is hope. As we walk by faith, pray without ceasing for our kids, and continue to learn and practice FASD and trauma-informed parenting, I know my son will be okay. We will be okay. And God will make the crooked paths straight. So now to my gifts to you. As I shared last week, each one of these Advent episodes includes three gifts to you. The first one is an Advent assignment. So yeah, it's something for you to do, but it's going to be something for you to do that will help you and probably those around you. Uh, The second is a Christmas uh, or worship song for you to mindfully listen to and meditate on. And the third one is a prayer for you at the end of each episode. I will be praying over you. So this week, as we prepare our hearts for the arrival of our newborn king, during a time when our kids' behaviors can be off the charts and our faith wavers, our assignment is to trust in the one who came to save us. So like I shared last week, continue to spend five to 15 minutes a day, whatever time of day or night works for you, just to focus on Jesus, kind of like a daily reset to get back our focus back on Jesus. Use a Christmas devotional or even your Bible Read through the book of Luke. Like I mentioned last week, there are 24 chapters in the book of Luke. One chapter a day will get you to Christmas, um, help you to get your focus on Christ. Um, I also invite you to ponder the words of a song we just sung at a church that I visited the morning that I that I was preparing for this podcast. Um, maybe you've heard it before, but it was a first time for me hearing it, and it actually surprised me. Um, it the name of the song is "O Come." all you unfaithful. So it kind of was sung and, and, and played to the tune of um, O Come All Ye Faithful, but it's called O Come All You Unfaithful. Now you can Google the words or find it to listen to on your music app on your phone or device. Um, I'm not going to sing it to you, but I want to read you the words because I felt like they were powerful. So this is O Come all you unfaithful. O come, all you unfaithful. Come, weak and unstable. Come, know you are not alone. O come, barren and waiting ones. Weary of praying, come. See what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. O come, bitter and broken. Come with fears unspoken. Come, taste of his perfect love. O come, guilty and hiding ones. There is no need to run. See what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. 
Christ is born for you. He's the lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. He's the lamb who was given, slain for our pardon. His promise is peace for those who believe. So come, though you have nothing, come, he is the offering. Come, see what your God has done. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born for you. This week, meditate on the words, Christ is born for you. Receive it and cling to it. So that's your assignment. Now, the song I have for you. Now, of course, you can listen to the song that I just read the lyrics to, O Come All You Unfaithful, and even listen to O Come All Ye Faithful. But this week, I actually have a song for you to soak up that isn't a Christmas song. So there's another song in your assignment. Um, Since we're talking about the waiting or the arrival of Jesus, the song that's been coming to me is Waiting Here for You. Again, you can find it on your music app. I listened to the one by artist Christy Knuckles. For this one, though, stand up, raise your hands high, and worship in the presence of the one we desperately need. That's your song, Waiting Here for You. Now, I am going to pray for you. um, Kind of a prayer assignment to get you through the holiday season. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the God who makes crooked things straight. You level the mountains and fill in the valleys. You give us beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. We need you, Lord, as we and our kids navigate the holiday season. This wonderful time of the year can feel like the worst time of the year as our kids struggle and our hopes and dreams for a Merry Christmas with peace on earth and joy come crashing down as our kids' behaviors ramp up. Our holidays don't look anything like that picture-perfect Christmas card we got in the mail today. So we look to you, O God. You are where our hope comes from. Help us to set the right expectations that our kids can actually meet. Help us to set the expectations for ourselves that are realistic. Are, you know, are we doing too much? Am I doing too much? Am I so focused on perfection that I fail to make the connection with my kids? Help us to find peace and joy in the little things. Lord, we look to you to set our holiday schedule. Give us wisdom to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Maybe I don't have to bake 12 different kinds of Christmas cookies. Maybe three different kinds are enough. Help us to remember that Christmas is about you. Help us to experience you this Christmas season. Minister to each of us in a way that will reassure us that you see us. You've got us. 
Father, fill our homes with peace. We thank you for our children. Help them to experience your peace too. I pray our kids will come to know Jesus, the baby born a king who sets the captives free. You set our children into our families, but they are yours. You have a kingdom purpose for each one of them. So we pray that your perfect will will be done in their lives and that the enemy will not be permitted to steal, kill, or destroy. As the holiday season can make our kids behave at their worst, let us see our kids as you see them. Lord, help us to love them as you love them. And we pray that your kingdom purpose in them will be accomplished. Oh God, minister to us weary parents. Show us your glory like you showed it to the shepherds in the fields watching their flocks. Minister to our hearts so we and our children will be able to shout glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom your favor rests. I pray for favor for every person listening, favor to experience your peace this holiday season, peace in our homes, peace in our hearts, peace of mind to trust you with our kids and their futures. Even when it seems dark, help us to remember that you are the light shining in the darkness. We give you all the glory praise, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, I hope you were blessed and encouraged today to in, in, to not just endure or survive the holidays, but to savor and relish and draw near to the Lord through this holiday season. Thank you for joining me. Be on the lookout for the next um, Advent blog post at sandraflack.com that will be a companion to this podcast episode and next week our advent episode will focus on finding joy and just as a reminder as I'm a mom of eight kids five through adoption one kinship adoption and four siblings adopted internationally two of my kids have been diagnosed with FASD and couple others probably should have been. And I share my family's adoption journey, our mistakes, and all of God's faithfulness throughout. I share it in my book, Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father. It's available wherever you buy books. And if you order from Amazon, after you read it, please go in there and leave a review. I'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, If you would like a signed copy, which includes a special gift bookmark, you can order from my website, sandraflack.com, and there you'll learn more about me. You can read the blog. You can contact me for speaking opportunities. I would love to come to your church, your women's group, your foster and adoptive support group, um, retreats, conferences, whatever you're doing. Would love to be a part of that, so feel free to reach out to me through there. 
Also, um, check out our Justice for Orphans website, justiceforphansny.org. We also have an entire resource page dedicated to FASD with some of my favorite FASD resources to help you become informed. And um, again, my blog is at sandraflack.com. Be sure to check out our social media. Justice for Orphans has a, a Facebook and Instagram page at Justice for Orphans. And you can also find me, um, Sandra Flack, at, uh, on Instagram at Sandra Flack underscore JFO. And I'm also on Facebook as Sandra Flack and Sandra Flack author. So we can connect lots of different ways. I would love to connect with you. So I pray that you reach out. Thank you for listening. I am so grateful that you spent your valuable time with me today, whether you were shopping, wrapping, baking, cleaning, whatever you were doing this holiday season, I am thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to Orphans No More, for sharing what you've heard and praying for vulnerable children everywhere. We hope you are inspired to walk out James 127 in whatever way God calls you. For more information, visit justiceforphansny.org.